forever since I've posted a single thing. I'm so sorry about that, but here it is. I'm starting the recording. We're getting into it with disclaimers. So as you saw in the title, this is an allegory, and this is all based off the basis of Christianity and the old Catholic doctrine of purgatory. This whole thing is based off the imagination of Dante Alighieri. He took source of the Bible. If you're not the type of person that enjoys listening to different religious beliefs that is not of your own belief, that is fine. This just is not your episode. Or why not just explore different beliefs? Enjoy it. Moving on to book details. All credit to Dante. This book was written by Dante Alighieri. It's an allegory. The whole book happens in a week and ends on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Or shall I say, Easter. The book's storyline is about Dante. Yes, he put himself as the main character. Dante, who finds himself in hell, goes on a journey through hell's landscape with the guidance of Virgil. All translation credits to Dorothy L. Sawyer. Virgil leads Dante to purgatory, and Dante goes to the land of paradise, heaven. We're focusing on hell, though. Dante Alighieri wrote this book, named as, you may know, the Inferno. Dante Alighieri was born 1261 to 1321 and lived in Florentine in the years leading to the Renaissance. Dante was a lot of things, a poet, a philosopher, a theologian, lawyer, politician, diplomat, and experienced soldier. Politics, like always, were a big thing then, and Dante was between two political groups, the Guelphs and the Gibellans. Dante also married a woman named Gemma Dante, and with her had four children. The first setting that we have is from chapters 1 to 9. We first begin with the landscape of Upper Hell. Now, Upper Hell is through chapters 1 through 8 in the book, and Dante spends this time in Upper Hell. Upper Hell has five rings. You enter the first ring through Hell's Gate. When you are on the other side of it, you are on a vestibule. To continue on to the first ring, you have to cross the river of Agron, where a boat moves souls of the dead across the river. Once across, you have entered Ring 1, Limbo. All in that, after descending away from Ring 1, the next ring is Ring 2, the Lustful, where Minos, the Judge of Hell, dwells. Then there's Ring 3, the Gluttonous, where the three-headed dog named Cerberus, and also Pluto. Next is Ring 4, the Hoarders and the Spendthrifts. And finally, there's the middle of the ring, Circle 5, named the Raffle, where the City of Dis is located. That is Upper Hell. I will continue setting a description when we have reached Nether Hell 2. That is Upper Hell. I will continue setting a description when we have hit Nether Hell 1. Dante starts off in Darkwood. Monday, Thursday night, Good Friday, 6am. Dante finds that he has strayed from the right road and is lost in a dark wood. He tries to escape by climbing a beautiful mountain, but is turned aside, first by a gambling leopard, then by a fierce lion, and finally by the ravenous she-wolf. As he is fleeing back into the wood, he is stopped by the shade of Virgil, who tells him that he cannot hope to pass the wolf and extend the mountain by that road. One day, a greyhound will come and drive the wolf back to hell, 
but the only course at present left open to Dante is to trust himself to Virgil, who will guide him by a longer way, leading through hell and purgatory, from where a worthier spirit named Beatrice will lead him on to see the blessed souls in paradise. Dante accepts Virgil as his master, leader, and lord, and they set out together. Now, the images of what you may have just heard in that description, beginning with the Darkwood. The Darkwood is the image of sin or error, not so much of any specific act of sin or intellectual perversion, as of that spiritual condition called hardness of heart, in which sinfulness has to take possession of the soul as to render it incapable of turning to God or even knowing which way to turn. The next thing you might have noticed was the mountain. The mountain, which on the mystical level is the image of the soul's ascent to God, is thus on the moral level the image of repentance by which the sinner returns to God. It can be extended directly from the right road, but not from the dark wood, because the soul's cherished sins have become, as it were, externalized and appear to it like demons or beasts with a will and power of their own, blocking all progress. Once lost in Darkwood, a man can only escape by so descending into himself that he sees his sin, not as an external obstacle, but as the will to chaos and death within him, hell. Only when he has died to sin can he repent and purge it. Mount Purgatory and the Mount of Canto 1 are, therefore, really one in the same mountain, as seen on the far side and on this side of death unto sin. The Beast these are the images of sin. They may be identified with lust, pride, everance, respectively, or with the sins of youth, manhood, and age. But they are perhaps best thought of as the images of the three types of sin, which, if not repented, lay on the soul in one or other of the three main divisions of hell. The happy leopard is the image of the self-indulgent sins, inconsistence, the fierce lion of the violent sins, bestiality, and the she-wolf of malicious sins, which involve fraud. The Greyhound has been much argued about, I think it has, both in historical and spiritual significance. Historically, it is perhaps the image of some hoped-for political savior who should establish the just world empire. Spiritually, the Greyhound, which has the attributes of God, wisdom, love, and power, is probably the image of the reign of the Holy Ghost on Earth, the visible kingdom of God for which we pray in the Lord's Prayer. To continue on with our story, Dante attempts to climb the mountain, and have taken the whole day, and it is now Good Friday evening. Dante has not gone far before he loses heart and begins to make excuses. To his specious arguments, Virgil replies flatly, This is mere cowardice, and then tells how Beatrice, prompted by Saint Lucy, at the instance of the Virgin Mary herself, descended into limbo to entreat him to go to Dante's rescue. Thus, encouraged, Dante pulls himself together, and then they start off again. Starting with Mary, the Blessed Virgin, whom the Church calls Theotokos, Mother of God, is the historical and universal God-bearer of whom Beatrice, like any other God-bearing image, is a particular type. Mary is thus, in special and supreme manner, the vessel of divine grace, as experienced in and meditated through the redeemed creation. Now that the name of Mary, like the name of Christ, is never spoken in hell. St. Lucy, a virgin martyr of the 3rd century, is the patron saint of those with weak sight, and chosen here as the image of illuminating grace. Mary, Beatrice, and Lucia are a threefold image of divine grace in its various manifestations. Virgil's Mission 
Dante is far gone in sin and error that divine grace can no longer move him directly, but there is still something left in him which is capable of responding to the voice of poetry and human reasoning, and this under grace may yet be used to lead him back to God. In this profound and beautiful image, Dante places religion on the other hand, and human art and philosophy on the other, in their just relationship. Hell's Gate, Upper Hell, Good Friday, about 7pm. Arriving at the gate of hell, the poets read the inscription upon its lintel. They enter and find themselves in the vestibule of hell, where the futile run perpetually up to a whirling standard. Passing quickly on, they reach the river of Akron. Here the souls of all the damned come at death to be ferried across by Charon, who refuses to take the living body of Dante, till Virgil silences him with the word of power. While they are watching the departure of a boatload of souls, the river banks are shaken by an earthquake so violent that Dante faints away. If you're wondering what the gate said, here it is. Through me, through the road of desolation, through me the road to sorrows, the eternal, through me the road among the lost creation, just as moved by great maker God eternal, wrought me the power and the unsearchably, high wisdom and the primal love supernal. Nothing ere I was made was made to be, save things etern, and I etern a bid, lay down, O hope, you that go in by me. More information about Hell's Gate. Hell's Gate, high and wide and without bars. The door, whose threshold is denied to none, always waits to receive those who are astray in the dark wood. Anyone may enter if he so chooses, and if he does, he must abandon hope, since it leads nowhere but the Sidia Delante. The city of desolation. In the story, hell is filled with the souls of those who died with their wills set to enter by that gate. In the allegory, these souls are the images of sin and the self-horns in society. The vestibule is the abode of the weathercock mind, the vague tolerance in which will neither provide nor condemn, the cautious cowardice for which no decision is ever final. The spirits rush aimlessly after the aimlessly whirling banner, stung and goaded as of old. By the thought that, in doing anything indefinite whatsoever, they are missing doing something else. Acheron, the joyless, first of the great rivers of hell, whose name Dante took from Virgil and Virgil from Homer, which is kind of about it for Acheron. Charon, the classical ferryman of the dead, most of the monstrosity organisms by which the functions of hell are discharged are taken from Greek and Roman mythology. They are neither devils nor damned souls, but the images of perverted appetites presiding over the circles appropriate to their natures. And heck, my phone just ruined the audio due to vibration against the counter. Oh my goodness, what is- Anyway, entrance to the first circle, Good Friday. Recovering from his fainting, Dante finds himself across the Akron and on the edge of the actual pit of hell. He follows Virgil into the first circle, the limbo, where the unbaptized and the virtuous pagans dwell, suspended, knowing no torment save exclusion from the positive bliss of God's presence. Virgil tells him of Christ's harrowing of hell, and then shows him the habitation of the great men of antiquity, poets, heroes, and philosophers. 
Entrance to the second circle, Minos, Good Friday Night. Dante and Virgil descend from the first circle to the second, the first of the circles of inconsistence. On the threshold sits Minos, the judge of hell, assigning the souls to their appropriate places of torment. His opposition is overcome by Virgil's word of power, and the poets enter the circle where the souls of Lustful are tossed forever upon a howling wind. After Virgil has appointed out a number of famous lovers, Dante speaks to the shade of Francica di Rimini, who tells him her story. The Images the circles of inconsistence. This is the next three circles are devoted to those who sinned less by deliberate, deliberate choice of evil than by failure to make resolute choice of the good. Here are the sins of self-indulgence, weakness of will, and easy yielding to appetite, the sins of the leopard. The lustful. The image here is sexual, though we need not confine the allegory to the sin of unchastity. Lust is a type of shared sin at its best, and so long as it remains a sin of inconsistent only. There is mutuality in it and exchange, although in fact, mutual indulgence only serves to push both parties along the road to hell. It is not intention wholly selfish, for this reason Dante, with perfect orthodoxy, rates it as the least hateful of deadly sins, sexual sins, in which love and mutuality have no part to find their places far below. Sexual sins in which love and mutuality have no part to find their place far below. Minos, a medievalized version of the classical judge of the underworld, he may image and he may image he may imagine in a he may image he may image. He may image an accusing conscience, the souls are damned on their own confession. For hell, being the place of self-knowledge and sin, there can be no more self-deception here. Similarly, even in the circles of fraud, all the shades tell Dante the truth about themselves. This is poetically convenient, but given this conception of hell, it must be so. The literally damned, having lost the good of intellect, cannot profit by their self knowledge. Allegorically, for the living soul, this vision of hell in the self is preliminary to repentance and the restoration. Circle 3, the gluttonous, the rain, Sibiris. Kieko, the Florentine, Good Friday Night. Dante now finds himself in the third circle, where the gluttonous lie, wallowing in the mire, Drenched by perpetual rain and the mold by the three-headed dog, Cerberus. After Virgil has quiet Cerberus by throwing earth into his jaws, Dante talks to the shade of Keiko, a Florentine, who prophesies some of the disasters which are about to befall Florence, and tells him where he will find certain other of their own fellow citizens. Virgil tells Dante what the conditions of the spirits will be after the Last Judgment. The gluttonous, the surrender to sin which began with the mutual indulgence, leads by an imperceptible degradation to solitary self-indulgence. Of this kind of sin, the gluttonous are chosen as the image. Each soul groves alone in the mud, without heeding his neighbors, a slightless company, Dante calls them. 
each little groves alone in the mud. If that was bothering each of their neighbors. The rain, gluttony, like the other self-indulgence it typifies, often masquerades on earth as a warm, cozy, and indeed jolly kind of sin. Here it is as it is, a cold sensuality, a sudden and filthy spiritual wretchedness. Severus, the three-headed dog, familiar to us from Homer and Virgil and the tale of the Twelve Labors of Hercules, who guards the threshold of the classical Hades, for the allegory, he is the image of uncontrolled appetites, the glutton whose appetites preyed upon people and things, is seen to be, in fact, the helpless prey on which that appetite gluts itself. Circle 4, the Hoarders and the Spenders, Pluto, the Grim Joust, Good Friday Night. At the entrance of the fourth circle, the poets are opposed by Pluto, and Virgil is again obligated to use a word of power. In the circle, the hoarders and the spendthrifts roll huge rocks against one another, and here Virgil explains the nature and the working of luck, or fortune. Then, crossing the circle, they descend the cliff to the Marsh of Styx, which forms the fifth circle and contains the raffle. Skirting its edge, they reach the foot of a tower. The mutual indulgences of the hoarders and the spendthrifts has already declined to selfish appetite. The appetite becomes aware of the incompatible and equally selfish appetites of other people. Indifference becomes mutual and antagonizing, imaged here by the antagonism between hoarding and squandering. The Joust Note the reappearance of the community in a perverted form. These irrational appetites are united after a after a fashion by a common hatred for the waging of a futile war so nations, political parties, business, combines, classes, gains, etc. sometimes display a spurious partnership in opposition. The Raffle Community in the sin it unstables. It soon disintegrates into the anarchy of hatred. All against all, Dante distinguishes two kinds of wrath. The one is active and ferocious, events itself into sheer lust for inflicting pain and destruction on other people, on itself, on anything and everything it meets. The other is passive and sullen, the withdrawal into a black sulkiness in which can find no joy in God or man or in the universe. The Marsh. Both kinds of wrath are figured as a mighty slow. On its surface, the active hatreds rend and snarl at one another. At the bottom, the sullen hatreds lie gurgling, unable to even express themselves for the rage that chokes them. This is the last of the circles of inconsistence. This savage self-frustration is the end of that which had its tender and romantic beginnings in the dalliance of indulged passion. Circle 5, The Raffle, The Watchtower, Passage of Sticks, Filippo Argenti, Holy Saturday. From the watchtower on the edge of the marsh, a beacon signals to the garrison of the city of Dis that Dante and Virgil are approaching, and a boat is sent to fetch them. On the way, they encounter Filippo Argenti, one of the raffle, who is recognized by Dante and tries to attack him. They draw near to the red-hot walls of the city, and after a long circuit disembark at the gate, Virgil parleys with the fallen angels who are on guard there, but they slam the gate in his face, for two poets are obligated to wait for divine assistance. 
The city of this, this comprises the whole of Nether Hell, and its ramparts, loaded by the sticks to form a complete circle about the pit. The sins tormented in the city are those in which the will is actively involved, the sins of violence and fraud. And its iron walls are the image of rigid and determined obstinacy in ill-doing. Virgil has a repulse at the gate. Humanism is also apt to underestimate. And to be baffled by the deliberate will to evil, neither is it any sure protection against heresy. Now this is going to be the end of it. If you want to know, there's plenty of stuff that you can look at. The book is just simply called Dante, the Divine Comedy, Hell. And it's translated by Dorothy L. Sawyer. I gave credit to her originally. And sorry this came out. This took so long to come out. I really am sorry about that, and I'm planning on releasing another one immediately, really soon. But, you know, procrastination might hit me for all I know. Now, I want to thank you for all the patience that you had, even though I had had a few of my friends really tell me to get going on it. But besides that, thank you for your patience. I hope you enjoy listening to this. And hang in there for the next episode.